Well, it's Dale Bader with you once again today, and thank you so much for joining me on this episode of Focus on Fertility. And this is a very unique and special episode that we are going to be hosting today. It's the first time we're going to have with us not necessarily the experts, but we're going to have one of you, a patient or those who've gone through or are going through this struggle, to talk about their particular journey. And this is a unique journey on a path that maybe many of you just are not quite familiar with or even aware of is an option to help you along your fertility journey. Today we're joined by Nate and Julie who has recently gone through the process of embryo adoption and recently celebrated the birth of their uh, special miracle and is now about a one month old. So Nate, Julie, thank you so much for joining me this today. Dale, thanks for having us. We appreciate it. Yeah, we're happy to be here and share our story. So I think a lot of individuals are maybe not familiar with uh, embryo adoption. So I guess before we kind of get down to how you got to there, can you explain really what is embryo adoption and uh, and then kind of lead from there? How did you go down this journey? Sure. So in a nutshell, really embryo adoption is the process by which couples who are looking to adopt are able to adopt from a placing family embryos they have left over from IVF, from in vitro fertilization. And so it's uh, it's an option for families, especially, you know, those who are, um, you know, maybe considering the consequences of what to do with embryos that are left over after their IVF transfer. Um, you know, it is a really great option. And, and as you said, Dale, lots of people aren't aware of it. So part of the what we're trying to do, and I know what you're trying to do, is educate people about that process. What ended up getting you to go down this process in the first place? What made you think of embryo adoption and uh, kind of what was your journey? Sure. I mean, it's kind of a long story that goes back to my master's program. Um, So I've done a master's in animal science in uh, the reproduction science and was working in a lab that was studying endometriosis, actually. Um, So I was exposed to a lot of um, the fertility research and a lot of the struggle that these women go through um, who have endometriosis to get pregnant. And um, my research was working with embryos from rats uh, that had endometriosis. So I was really familiar with the IVF process as well as um, the infertility. And that got me really interested in like the complexity and how um, special each and every embryo is. Um, So that led us to um, look more into IVF because the um, mentor that I was working with was also in charge of the IVF clinic at the university hospital um, where I was studying. And we had a friend of a friend who had done embryo adoption. And so it's always something that's been in the back of our minds since we were getting married. We talked about adopting. And um, embryo adoption gave us a chance to control a little bit of that prenatal environment it was a way to slowly ease our current children into the idea of adoption. And we have three biological sons. And um, so it was a way that we could, they still had that nine-month period of pregnancy to get used to the idea of having another sibling versus the idea of adopting an already born child and it's just being on your doorstep one day. So it's just a whole myriad of different um, factors that came together that led us to this choice of embryo adoption. Was there multiple choices for you to do embryo adoption, or are the choices today relatively limited? 
Um, I feel like we had several choices in um, adoption agencies. Uh, we settled on uh, Nightlight and their Snowflakes embryo program just because it was something that was recommended to us from an adoption um, Christian adoption agency that we support financially because we believe strongly in adoption. And so they had recommended us to Nightlight, and so we followed through with them um, and where we ended up staying. And we really appreciated all the support that they provided to you throughout the whole process of embryo adoption. From the very beginning when you're considering it, they walk you through all of the um, all of the things you need to consider that we hadn't even thought of um, before even jumping on the bandwagon of embryo adoption. So we appreciated, I think, five phone calls we had from them before we even really started on the major paperwork involved. I know that there are other uh, adoption ways you can do it. Um, there's other agencies, there's other um, embryo banks, and I believe MCRM also will help with that too if you're looking into that kind of um, embryo adoption option. Can you explain a little bit then how the process actually evolved for you? What what was it from the beginning and, and all the way through? So what can one expect if they're going to go through this process? Sure. I mean, it's, it's, it's not a short process. We always joke that um, it would have been a whole lot faster just to get pregnant the normal way. But um, <laughs> our baby is worth every every bit of that process and all of the paperwork and the late nights and the heartache that was involved um, in it. Uh, it was It's totally worth it. So it involves a series of calls with the adoption agency in the beginning where they walked us through all the things we needed to consider, such as would we be willing to adopt embryos that had the potential for um, genetic defects or birth defects, um, from families that had a genetic history, would we be willing to adopt embryos that were of a lower quality that didn't have necessarily a guarantee that they would develop into a baby? Would we be willing to adopt from different races, um, couples who had um, sperm donated, who had eggs donated? So um, they walked us through quite a few different options that we had about um, our choices when it came to embryo adoption. And then there was a lot of paperwork. Um, I had to go through exams for myself. My husband had to go through a doctor exam to prove that we were healthy enough um, to have children, which is kind of funny considering we already have several. Um, then there was uh, Nightlight Requires an actual home study, so a state-approved home study with a social worker. Uh, you read several books about adoption and raising adopted children. You talk with the home worker about what your views for parenting are, um, discipline, and just go through all of um, the home study. And then, Nate, do you want to explain what it was like to make our profile and go through that process? Yeah, sure. So, you know, one of the really important things about uh, adoption, especially with we wanted to do an open adoption, which is, mm -hmm. you know, having an ongoing relationship with our placing family that had the embryos to begin with. And so part of that process is really explaining to them you know, why you would be good parents and why you really want to adopt their embryos and uh, family history, genetic history, mm -hmm. medical history, all those kinds of things. And just, you know, as Julie mentioned, your views about whether it's parenting or religion or any of those kinds of things, just to give them an open, honest look at, at your family and uh, along with photos and captions to explain, you know, special people in your life and places you like to go and things you like to do as a family, uh, just to really help you get a sense of uh, who you are, and of course the placing family does something very similar to that where you get to know them. Right, so we prepared prepared our profile and the Nightlight worked with their placing families to try to match us to someone who had a similar view with, to us and that might be willing. And then the placing family had the choice on whether or not they wanted to choose us. How long do you think the entire process from the beginning of maybe thinking about it to the time of 
actually doing, I guess, the embryo transfer would you say it took? Well, I know that the the process overall from sort of the time we started thinking about it to the time we actually had Phoebe was uh, probably about two years, would you say, Julie? Yeah, I think to the time for the transfer, it was about a year. Um, we started talking them to them in June, and then we did the transfer the next July. Um, it, took, it took us a little longer to place, according to Nightlight, just because we already had three biological children. Um, a lot of the families are looking for um, people who have no children and are struggling with fertility issues. So we knew that going into it, that it would take us a little longer to match. So it took us about six months to match with the family versus I think their statistic is typically closer to three months. Um, so you would have saved a couple months had you not, um, had we not had some biological children already. But uh, so, yeah, it took about a year uh, to get through all of that. And then there was the time that it takes to um, go through all of the medications associated with the transfer and get set up for the transfer process. Did you have to complete multiple uh, transfer processes or were you blessed to only have to do it one time? Uh, we were really blessed. So we were placed with three embryos um, and we ended up only doing one transfer. Uh, they thawed out two at first and neither of those unfortunately survived the thaw. They were 10 year old embryos. Um, so we knew that there was that risk going into it, but one did and uh, she stuck. So we were really blessed that they, we were able to only do that one transfer and it worked, but uh, we, there was the loss of those first two embryos, unfortunately. Now, the big question a lot, a lot of people are probably thinking is, what is the cost? You know, sure. adoption as a whole can be in the tens of thousands of dollars, and in some ways, very comparable to a typical IVF process. So individuals who are considering that may think, well, do I do the adoption and have some risks on that end, or do I sure. do the IVF, which has other risks involved? So can you explain maybe what the cost structure of doing a, an embryo adoption looks like? Sure. So for us, you know, one of the things that maybe people don't realize is that embryo adoption is traditionally about half the cost of a domestic adoption. Um, and so for us, it was roughly $14,500. And so that includes everything from, you know, working with Nightlight on the contract side, on the placing side of things. Um, let me think the what legal else. fees. That also includes the meds, medications associated with the transfer. That includes actually our delivery, too. So if you have really good um, infertility coverage, uh, some of that might have been covered a little more than our insurance does not cover um, the transfer fees. So some of that. Uh, it could have been less than 10000 I believe, if we hadn't had to pay out of pocket for the transfer itself. Um, so there is that. But, yeah, again, you know, one of the things that I think is really appealing and certainly not the only reason people should consider seriously embryo adoption is that cost factor because, you know, frankly, whether you're going through IVF or you're going through adoption of some kind, it's a, it's a very costly process mm -hmm. and it's a very emotional process. So you really have to, you know, sort of weigh the various um, – your considerations, your own views about, uh, you know, why you're going into this process and also look at the finances seriously. But certainly for those who are considering adoption and really strongly believe in that, uh, it's definitely a very cost-effective opportunity. Although, as you mentioned, Dale, you know, there are risks involved and there's the chance that you're not going to have a baby at the end of the process. So you have to weigh, is that something I'm comfortable doing even if there's not a baby at the end of the process? But there's a lot of joy in actually going through that nine months and the whole delivery process as well. That's something that you can't get with a, a traditional adoption. 
That's exactly right. Julie, do you want to talk about that at all? Yeah, I mean, it's just that whole being able to carry her and being able to bond with her in that way and have the kids bond with her beforehand has really um, made it our, yeah, it's made it a really strong and easy transition into our family. Um, even though she has none of my genetic material, uh, she is as loved, if not more loved, than all of the other members of our family. Everyone's been so accepting of it. And I think another point to that, uh, to Julie's, is that, you know, we have children already, and so being able to condition them to the idea of uh, adoption and how, you know, Phoebe is a very important part of our family, but she has, uh, her placing family is also extremely important to us, and so, you know, our children are, are six and under, so they're still young enough that they probably don't grasp everything, mm -hmm. but it's given us some really good opportunities, and the boys are very comfortable with the fact that, you know, Phoebe is adopted, but she's still their sissy, she's still their sister, <laughs> and they love her, you know, more than they do their own brothers, probably. <laughs> That is a busy house for yes. six and under. Very busy house. Are there any last uh, comments, suggestions, considerations that you want to make sure individuals are aware of? Sure. You want to start? Yeah. Um, the main thing that I want everyone to be aware of is that, like, Nate was really a bulldog with the paperwork. So staying on top of it and uh, keeping in contact constantly with our coordinator and such uh, through Nightlight, constantly being on them, hey, our paperwork's in, when's the next step, when's the next step, um, and being your own advocate for that um, to make sure the paperwork keeps moving. Not that they're not quick about the paperwork, but they're just so busy that um, things fall by the wayside. So being your own advocate, not being afraid to uh, bug people a little bit keeps the process going. So versus just sitting back and going, I don't know, maybe they'll get back to me. It can be really discouraging. Yeah, so I would just say, you know, uh, be polite, be persistent, and don't be afraid to ask questions. You know, one of the questions that we had um, in working with MCRM was the status of the other embryos that we had adopted that were thought. And so MCRM was very transparent with us about what had happened and so that those had not survived. But again, you know, as an adopting family or as a placing family, you know, you have a, a right to know. You have uh, the emotional bond that's been established by both families. And so to get that closure and that understanding for your own family's benefit, you know, ask those questions. Um, definitely find a good notary, something that we hadn't really considered at all. You know, there are going to be lots of documents that, um, you know, the, the notary is basically signing off that you're in good uh, standing, you know, mentally or whatever to make a competent decision and they've observed you make that decision of your own volition and so our local bank has multiple public notaries so definitely try to talk to your local bank or someone in your community it makes it a lot easier as you're getting adoption paperwork and reviewing it and signing it um, to expedite that process and make it faster um, and then I guess the last point I would make is just to be very open with your family and friends about what you're doing um, one of the process, uh, part of the adoption process was having three family or friends write a letter of, I guess basically a recommendation letter telling Nightlight openly and honestly about, you know, their, their views about our family and whether we were competent parents. Um, you know, those weren't letters that were, you know, actively shared with us in advance of them sending it to the agency so they could be open and honest. Um, but, you know, it was very important that we talk to them about it because it does, I mean, frankly, even for myself, it took time to sort of come around to the idea of adoption and obviously we're all on board now but that may not be the case with some of your family or friends not because they they don't like adopted children or they don't think children are valuable but just because it's new to them and so um, take the time to talk about it and that will make you more comfortable once your child um, you know God willing arrives 
the conversation with them as an individual about their adoption story. It'll hopefully make that process easier. So definitely don't be afraid to talk about it. You know, don't don't make it a big point that, you know, this is my adopted child and these are my biological children. If that happens to be your situation, you know, they're all part of your family. They all have a unique story. Um, but just again, really um, don't don't be ashamed of the fact that you're adopting if that's what you choose to do. Well, Nate and Julie, it has been a pleasure. I think this is a very uh, powerful and informative presentation that hopefully is going to help quite a few individuals who may be in this, first of all, didn't know about it, and second of all, that we're in this question mark of consideration but not sure that this is maybe what they wanted to do because they didn't really know how it's going to work or have heard from other individuals. So I think your story can be very uplifting and full of hope for a lot of individuals. So thank you so much for sharing and taking this time today. Thank you for, uh, for uh, having us. And again, if your listeners have questions, you know, don't hesitate to have them reach out to you and they, you can contact us. We're happy to talk Absolutely. to people. So thanks for the opportunity and the, the platform to do it. Wonderful. Thank you and have a great day. You too, yeah. If you've been trying to start your own family and haven't had success, you're not alone. Millions of people just like you are experiencing the same very personal and painful frustration. Infertility affects men and women equally. The Missouri Center for Reproductive Medicine, MCRM Fertility, can help. MCRM accepts most insurance and you don't need a referral. They offer the most advanced science and technology, including exclusive techniques and the embryoscope. Check them out at mcrmfertility.com. That will conclude today's episode of Focus on Fertility. Thank you so much again. goes out to Nate and Julie for sharing their story and hopefully sharing some very helpful information to several of you that are listening today about the possibility of utilizing the embryo adoption process. Remember at any time, if you have questions that you would like to have answered, maybe they're related to this specific uh, episode of Focus on Fertility or maybe not, simply email me at questions at focusonfertility.net and I'm also looking for any suggestions or topics that you might like to listen to. In addition, you can follow along and see all previous episodes of Focus on Fertility by visiting us at FocusOnFertility.net or by subscribing and following along on iTunes, Google Play, iHeartRadio, and Podcast One. Thanks so much again for joining me today and have a wonderful day.